Uh, today's going to be a little bit different. And so Lori and I are going to tag team preach, and we are going to lean into some leadership spiritual gifts, not only teaching spiritual gifts today. And so buckle up, uh, buckle up. Those of you who are online, those of you who are in a home campus, and of course those of us who are in person, whether that is in Cornwall, Canada, or Orleans, we are uh, one church that's continuing to minister in a lot of different environments. And so wherever you're tuning in from, engaging with your whole heart, we're glad that you're here with us today. And so again, it's a little bit, a little bit different this morning because we want to share where we've been. We want to share the problem or the challenge in this season and then where we're going to go this summer. And we took the past year at Life Center here to teach through nine values, looking at how we are called to be carriers of the heart of God at Life Center. Can I just pause right here? Those of you online, I'm not sure if you can hear it, but you can hear kids in the room. Can I just say what a gorgeous sound their voices are? I have missed just hearing kids in this space. And so parents, don't worry if your kids are making kids noises. We don't expect kids to be adults. Kids can be kids. It's a family service and we have not just grace for it, but it's so beautiful to hear the voice of kids. Love it. Okay. Sorry, a little distraction, and I'm going to keep going. Um, so we've been looking at these nine values, being carriers of the heart at Life Center, and how we're called to be carriers of God's heart. And then on Sunday, March 15th, we gathered for church, and then everything changed. Everything changed after Sunday, March 15th, and the loss has been significant you know, not just here at Life Center, but including here at Life Center. Um, there have people who, who attended Life Center before who have passed away during this season. Uh, there have been individuals who have not been able to bury their loved ones. There have been weddings that have had to happen by Zoom and various different things that weren't the dreams and pictures that people had in mind when they planned them. And it's not, these are not simply just, oh, get over it moments. These are significant things, businesses that once existed no longer exist. Uh, right down to how we connect and yes, even how we hug. I may not personally be missing that, but you are and some of you are and that's fine. But last year, uh, Ottawa Public Health put out a poll that 9% of people in the national capital region were struggling with their mental health. And this year, they updated that poll, and it's 38% of people in our region are struggling with their mental health. That's one out of three people in this season. And so like, like many of you, like many of you have done, we Life Center quickly adapted after Sunday, March 15th by putting everything online. Uh, we sought to serve by pro providing daily connect points on Facebook and Instagram at 9 a.m. and noon. Now we just do them at 9 o'clock every single morning, but you can watch it whenever you want on Facebook or Instagram TV. Uh, we completed Bible school online. We are equipping parents to the best of our ability. Pastor Ingrid and the entire team across all of our campuses are doing an extraordinary job, and Kayla and Karen can't say enough about them. The same with Pastor Sam ministering to students. Uh, we added more online times. These are all the things that we did. And then came an announcement from our province that we could reopen uh, to 30%. That's wonderful. Yet here's the challenge that we are finding in terms of uh, the season that we find ourselves in is the guidance that they are given to make sure that we are all being as safe as possible. Um, it makes church different. And so here are some things that you just have to understand. For those of you who are watching, again, maybe at home or in a home campus and you've never come back to try in person yet, here's what you'll, you're going to quickly discover is that Home Depot before... COVID and now in this season during COVID, guess what? It's still Home Depot. Mm -hmm. 
In other words, the lumber's where the lumber was, the paint's where the paint was. It, 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 yes, it changed. You have to line up to get in and you have to line up to check out and you've got to stay six feet apart. You have to wear a mask where physical distancing is not possible. But it's pretty much Home Depot. I mean, it, it, it is what I remembered before, and it's pretty simple. The same thing with Tim Hortons, the same thing with grocery stores. Yes, you go in them differently, and you have to check out differently, but the bread is where the bread was, the, the meat is where the meat was. It all, it's, it's, it's all the same thing. So again, things which are transactional, while they are different, while they're different, they still function relatively the same. And here's the problem, here's the challenge, and here's the opportunity. Things that are transformational by design aren't the same, really, at all. And it's different. I mean, I'm really grateful that the church isn't the same as Home Depot. Nothing against Home Depot. I'm just saying, we ain't the same thing. Okay? But here's what, here's what we as the church are figuring out. Here's what schools will figure out in September is that there's, there's, there's significant differences when there are environments that are designed to be not merely transactional. The church is never supposed to be transactional. It's supposed to be transformational. So again, we can gather to 30%. We are still able to worship, uh, but we just can't sing. And that is different. It may not be different for other traditions, but for ours, it is significant. We can gather to 30%, but we can't touch, we can't hug, we can't lay on hands, we can't pray. Just last week, somebody was telling me their heart-wrenching story of what was occurring in their life. And I was standing here, and they were standing about 8 to 10 feet away, and their life was crumbling, and they had tears streaming down their eyes. And as a minister, I felt completely frustrated that I couldn't just lay my hand on them. I couldn't just pray. So I'm saying the words, you're not alone. I hear you. I am right here with you. But how many of you know it's not the same? thing as when someone literally places a hand on you, grabs you close, you come to a prayer moment and they just grab and say, you're not alone, I got you. These are significant losses that are not to be, you know, kind of just kind of pushed to the side. So again, here's another huge one that we are lamenting every single week that we gather as I said a moment ago, pastors Ingrid and Karen and, and Kayla, they are doing an extraordinary job, but their hearts are also breaking that they can't minister to your kids in the same way that they love to come alongside of you as a parent and minister to your kids. I know our students with Pastor Sam, they're doing an amazing job on Friday nights, not yet Sunday mornings with junior highs, but they're also working through. It's not the same and we have to lead through. It's not the same. And this is really hard. But here's what I want to say. Open your Bible and you will see that God's greatest work happens in really hard seasons. Mm -hmm. God never leads to dead ends. They feel like dead ends to us and they look like dead ends to us, but they nev God never leads to dead ends. And so there is a bridge in this season to what God desires to do, but it's going to take eyes of faith to see it because if we get our eyes only on what we can't do and the loss that we're experiencing, I do fear that we would miss what God wants to do. My final thing before Lori dives in is in your hand or maybe on your tablet or phone, you have a Bible. Two-thirds of that Bible of the New Testament was inspired and written by a man by the name of Paul. We know as the Apostle Paul. Many of the letters that he wrote, he wrote while he was in prison. If he had simply been free to travel to places, 
I don't know if we would have the words that inspire us today. I'm sure God looked over it and he can do all those things. Don't theologically pick apart what I'm saying. But all I am simply trying to say is what we often view as confinement is actually a setup for God to do something significant. We read words that give us life and encouragement in this season, but we remember that they were written by a man who was in prison in another season. Our season of confinement and restriction does not limit what God desires to do, but there can be a design for how God wants to use it that can transcend what we are seeing just in this moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so Jason and I in this season have been seeking the Lord because we've heard a lot of information. We've been taking in a lot of information, both from our government, from public health, from what other churches are doing, all of these this barrage of information. And when we finally got the news and the word that we could reopen only to find out that more restrictions and more restrictions and more restrictions kept being added, we found ourselves just on our knees asking the Lord, Lord, what would you have us do in this season? And, and we had to still the voices we had to still the voices from the outside. We had to still the voices with all of the information of all of the restrictions. We had to still the voices of all the other churches that you know we are in, in community with and what they're doing. And we had to still even the voices of the, our own attitudes, the, the attitudes of our own heart, and come before the Lord humbly and just say, Lord, what are you calling Life Center to do in this season? And we took a time to seek the Lord. And, and we we spent time fasting and just listening, and we felt like the Lord spoke very clearly to us about what he wants us to do in this season. And so as we sought the Lord, the, the Lord reminded me of a verse that he had given us a couple of years ago now. We've been meditating on this verse, and we heard it again today from Sam and Doyen, which we, we didn't talk ahead of time, and they didn't know that I was going to share this, which that helps us to know God truly is speaking. But but it's from Isaiah 43. And the Lord said, remember Isaiah 43? And I said, yes, Lord. Yes, I remember. You know, remember not the former things. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. And I opened up Isaiah 43 and I wanted to go to the scripture. And it says, remember not the former things. Consider not the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing now. It springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And I just paused for a moment and thought, wow, it does feel like a bit of a wilderness season. It does feel like a bit of a desert season. I will make a way. Okay, Lord. And just before I got to uh, verse 18 and 19, the, the another verse popped off the page. It just jumped out of the page at me, and it was verse 8 and 9, and it said this, bring out the people who are blind yet have eyes, who are deaf yet have ears. All the nations gather together, and the peoples assemble. And I just sat for a moment and, and I said, okay, Lord, I hear. I hear what you're saying. You want us to gather. And I felt this sense as I just sat and I just listened to the Lord. And I felt this sense in my spirit that if we have the opportunity to gather, that we must gather. Because this is a privilege that we may not always have. And this is kind of what the Lord quickened to my heart. He said, gather and prepare the church. For a time is coming where public gathering will no longer be an option. Gather as long as you are able, but prepare for the future. Prepare for a time when gathering won't be possible. My church is not Sundays. My church is my bride, and I need her ready for what is ahead. Prepare my bride, for I am preparing for her. 
Don't look back. Don't look to what you have always done. Don't rely on old forms or templates. My presence transcends any forms because my presence is within you. Yes, I want your worship and you can sing every day in your homes and in your cars and I love the praises of my people. I am at work. I am moving. I am removing the forms that you thought ushered in my presence. The forms you follow were for your sake, not mine, as I have never been limited to a form. Prepare yourself. Be ready to meet together in homes. Care for my sheep. Love my children. The harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. Pray to me, and I will send you laborers. Seek me with all of your heart. Seek me at home, at work, and as you gather whenever you have the opportunity. Behold, I am doing a new thing. It springs forth. Do you not perceive it? You see, we're at a time in our country that we never imagined we would see in Canada. At least I didn't. I didn't imagine it would be in my lifetime. But there is a time coming ahead where even our very religious freedoms may be threatened. And church, we have to prepare for that. And there is a freedom that God wants to release inside of us that has nothing to do with all of the restrictions that are being put all around us on the external place. You see, God keeps reminding me over and over again, look for the blessing in this season. Look for what I'm doing. Look for what you can do. You will find my provision in this. In a season where it seems and feels like our freedoms are being taken away on every side, God wants to give us as believers a revelation of what true freedom really is. And this week, in our morning devotions, I had the opportunity to unpack Acts 16. And if you haven't read it recently, you should go home and read it. It's so powerful. The stories in it are incredible. I absolutely loved it. But it talks exactly about this true freedom. It's the story of Paul and Silas who were literally in chains behind bars, jailed for expressing their faith in Jesus. But the chains couldn't limit their relationship with God. A relationship with God brings us freedom. Freedom that no external limitations or restrictions can take away from us. The ability for us to fulfill the purposes of God lies with what Jesus has done for us, not what is happening to us externally. You see, Paul's purpose was to preach to the Gentiles, to bring the gospel. Impossible now that he's in prison? I think not. Prison did not stop Paul and Silas from praising God. What if we really believed with all of our hearts that chains and restrictions and masks and guidelines cannot limit our freedom in God, cannot limit the freedom that we have in our relationship with God. For you, what are those chains? For you, what are those limitations, those restrictions? I know we're feeling it in our church context, but we're feeling it in every part of our life. What are those things, those limits that are coming against you? These last few days and weeks have been a real roller coaster for Jay and I. We've been up and we've been down. We've been unsure of what we were going to do. And I have to confess, honestly, that I was of the camp that if I have to wear a mask to church, I don't want to go to church. That was my attitude as restrictions started to come upon us. 
But God keeps reminding me over and over and over again, none of these restrictions are a restriction on my presence. Assemble the people, prepare the people. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Can you see it? Look for my provision. You see, no matter what the limitation is, there's no limitation in God, only the limits that we allow. And so what has your attitude been in your current limitations? The limitations you find yourself, have you been frustrated and angry and maybe even feeling like it's not fair? I know I've had all of those senses and all of those feelings. I haven't liked this sense of my freedoms being taken away from me and it's made me upset and angry, and I've not wanted to be a part of it. What was Paul and Silas's attitude? When we look into the scripture, this is what they did. They were beaten, they were put in the center of the jail, their hands and feet put in stocks, and this was their attitude. The scriptures say that about midnight, they were praying and singing hymns to God. Their attitude to the limitation, their attitude to their imprisonment was praise and worship. I felt deep conviction as I read this story, deep conviction to the core of my being. What if every time that we sensed a new limitation, a new restriction coming upon us, we chose to do what Paul and Silas did and we, we bowed our knee and we just praised Despite the limitation that comes, despite the next restriction that comes upon our life, we just look to heaven and we praise, not for the limitation, but praise that God is not limited in all of these external things that come into our circumstance, that that there's a place of true freedom that God wants to reveal to every single one of us that has nothing to do with what is happening externally in our life. What if that was our attitude every time things started pressing in on us, if we lifted our hands and looked to heaven and looked to the one in whom no limitation is found, that, my friends, is true freedom. That is the freedom that Christ wants each one of us to walk in, and that is the posture that God is calling us as life center to walk in in this season, a posture of true freedom that does not look at what we cannot do, but looks to a God who is not limited by anything externally that we cannot do. His presence is not limited by masks or restrictions. He wants to do a new thing in us, and it goes so far beyond this season. Paul and Silas, after praying and praising God, an earthquake came, the chains fell off, And something happened in the natural realm, but nothing happened in the spiritual because they were already free. In fact, they didn't even leave. They stayed right there and they led the, the, um, the boss of the jail, the jailer, (laughs) the boss of the jailer. They led him to Jesus. They didn't even leave because they were already free. They were already free. Yes, things may shift and change in the natural. But God wants to bring us to a place where we are so free in our spirit that it does not matter what is taking place all around us. You know, a prison cell sure didn't look like the canopy for a miracle. 
And you know, when you look around in this room with people, a remnant of people with masks on, maybe it doesn't look like the place for a miracle. But trust me, God is at work. And we need eyes of faith to see beyond the natural realm, to see beyond what we see on the external, to see what God is doing. So Church Life Center is going to stay open. And we are going to gather as long as we're allowed to gather. We are going to assemble together as long as we are able to do so. At Life Center, we may have some chains on us by COVID-19. But in our spirit, we are going to allow the true freedom of Christ to be fully expressed in every part of who we are. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Do you see it? At Life Center, we're going to safely gather, and we are going to focus on what we can do. We're going to start to stretch some new muscles, some muscles of resting and reflection and and digging in and, and learning and listening to the voice of God. We're going to let go of old forms and old habits of ways of connecting with God. And we're going to begin to, to work on some new disciplines of connecting with God in a new and fresh way. We're not going to focus on what we can't do. We're going to forge ahead with what we can do. And what we can do is pray. And we're going to pray. What we can do is learn and grow together. And that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to stretch weak muscles. You know, when you go to the gym, you often go and do the same things you like to do. Well, we're going to put all of those comforts down and we're going to stretch some new muscles. We're going to strengthen ourselves spiritually in new ways. Whether you decide to attend a live service at any one of our locations or whether you're watching online, we want you to bring a notebook and a pen to church every single Sunday with your Bible because we're going to dig in deep together. We're going to learn and we're going to grow together. Come ready, come hungry to dig in together. Yes, church may be different, but there is no limit on your purpose in God. And I loved the line that was in the devotional this week, and it said this, God is redefining the realms of possibility. This new normal is one where the Holy Spirit of God is at work amongst us. And that is our new normal. That is the new normal that we are going to walk in here at Life Center as a church body. Because God wants to release us in a whole new way. He wants to activate spiritual gifts in us that have been dormant within us. There are some people in this room and online who have gifts of healing that are dormant inside of you. In this next season, God wants to activate every single gift of the Holy Spirit in operation together. And whether you gather in person, whether you decide to gather as a home campus, what's a home campus? It's two or more people in a space gathering together. If you're meeting online right now and there's two or more people in the room, you're a home campus. You need to pick up a sign and sign up. And we, even the church, need to be ready to launch as home campuses in the event that we cannot gather. Listen, a pandemic, Jason's been saying this the whole time, it's not linear. It's not going to move in one direction. We need to be ready, church. And so you need to be ready. You need to be ready to step out in this. But God wants to release us as a church to a whole new level.
God is moving in our midst, and we need eyes to see what he is at work doing. We need eyes of faith to not just look in the natural, but to see what God is doing and to be willing participants of what it is that he's at work doing. So I, I agree with Pastor Lori and I agree with Doyen and I agree with Sam, who when they prophetically declared the Canada that they desire to see, if you cannot see that there is a groaning in the world for a different world, you're blind. If you cannot hear that there is a prophetic cry in this time for not just individual racism, but systemic racism, for there to be genuine justice and equality for every nation, tribe, kindred, and tongue, you're deaf. There is this cry, so there is a, 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 a global narrative that is crumbling before our eyes. And there is a prophetic call to the church. Here's what is true of your life and of my life and of the church and every nation. None of us grow in comfort. We all grow by getting pushed into uncomfortable places so that we can be stretched and so that we can, be, that we can grow. That is what is occurring at this time in this season. I had an opportunity on Friday to speak with uh, Brother Isaac Gimba, who leads the International Pastors and Leadership Forum here in Canada that represents just a tremendous amount, again, of international pastors in the city. And if he didn't say it once, he said it a hundred times. And I said amen every single time. He just kept saying, I don't know what God is doing, but I just know that I know that I know that I know that I can smell it, that I can taste it, that I can hear it, and it's all around. I just can't see what it is. And I just kept saying to him, brother, you lead, I'll follow. You lead, I'll follow. If I need to stand shoulder to shoulder, let's do it. Brother, if you got to flip over some tables, I'll be on the other side of it repenting of whatever I need to repent of. And then we can lift up a table and sit at it and have communion together because that's the body of Christ. You see, together we're going to do church differently for the next 10 weeks because the world is crying for different. They're crying out for different. Still in North America, the most segregated day of the week is still Sunday and it's a stain on the body of Christ. It is a stain on the body of Christ. And so together, we are going to lean into a season of realignment and reassignment. Life Center, we are going to focus on spiritual disciplines and spiritual giftings for the next 10 weeks together. What's our summer series called? It's called Different. That's what it's called. And we are going to lean on spiritual disciplines and we're going to lean into spiritual giftings this entire summer together. Why? Because spiritual disciplines are how we walk with God to be more like Jesus. Have you ever noticed Jesus did some very curious things? One of the things that Jesus often did is in the midst of momentum, where every leadership law is, when you have momentum, fan it. Jesus would withdraw and spend time with his father because here's what Jesus would say. I can only do that what the father, I can only do that what the father is telling me to do. Jesus operated using spiritual disciplines. Jesus was submitted to his father as a son to his father, both fully God. Absolutely. But Jesus knew how to surrender to get the heart of the Father to engage and do what the Father had called him to do. There are two men. In the first service, I actually used the words fat and lazy. That was not probably my best leadership moment. I'm going to amend that. But here's what I want to say. There are far too many apathetic Christians in North America. Can you see what I said in the first service? (laughs) 
there are far too many apathetic. I believe wholeheartedly that God is taking a, a congregational worship and singing expression that is strong and will be back. And he is tying that arm behind our back because too many followers of Jesus need that in order to feel God's presence. And he wants you to know God's presence in the stillness, in the quiet, at work, when there's nothing to drum up. So there is a season, like Pastor Lori said, of exercising a spiritual discipline that at first it's going to feel like, oh, I don't like this as much. Hey, can I just say that Lori and I first had to repent to each other, of course to God, but to each other. Secondly, we had to repent before our team. And we had to call our team to repentance. And here's why. This is a time and a season where the word privilege is being put in the center of the bullseye and examined. And it surfaced in our own hearts. No, not by the color of our skin. But we actually, for a split second, thought if we cannot physically worship the way we used to worship, like with songs and just full congregational singing... Do we still gather? Is it better that we do it online? And look, at we're not against any other church. We don't think we're better. A thousand times, no. But even, even the idea popping into our head was a function of privilege. There are followers of Jesus in Iran, in Nigeria, this week, in Syria, and in Iraq, that would give anything just to assemble, let alone do whatever it is they're going to do. And so we had to repent even of this idea, God, would you then destroy our preferences and our privilege so that we can live by conviction and value and not surface things? And so again, spiritual disciplines are how we walk with God to be more like Jesus Teenagers and those in your 20s, I want to speak to you just for a moment. Teenagers and those in your 20s, God is a God who repairs. God is a God who restores. God is a God who does wonderful things like that. But if you can lean in this summer and learn spiritual disciplines, learn some spiritual rhythms, some spiritual gifts that you have, here, here's what I want you to know. There are some disciplines that God may want to build into your life in this season that can actually save you from a broken heart. That if you will lean into this season, that maybe you won't need in another season God to repair you because you've been prepared for such a time as this. And so again, don't just kind of, you know, let it all go. Engage. If you're a parent, ah, we would love to take your kids. And maybe in phase three, they'll be able to say you can drop your kids off. And man, that'd be an answer to prayer. But parents, we can't give you space. But we can provide a space for your soul to be healthier. And if your soul is healthy, you're going to be a better parent. Adults, this summer, we can look at our priorities. We can build in seasons of discipline. We can be repaired if we need to be. We can look at legacy by looking at spiritual disciplines and then spiritual gifts because those are how we are inter interconnected together and we serve like Jesus. I can't help but believe in North America, one of the things that is dying is radical, selfish individualism. And it's not that we move from individualism to into independence. We need to move from individualism to interconnectedness because that's what the scriptures say we are as a body. And so spiritual gifts, here's what's important about them. Spiritual gifts are based on God's sovereign choice alone. They are not based on culture, race, gender, age, personality, power, or privilege. They are providential. 
God decides who gets what gift. God decides when they're activated. And God decides when to profile and spotlight an individual. So in this season, at this specific time in history, we need all the spiritual gifts activated at Life Center. Life Center is different because this time is different. Everything we love about church will one day be fully restored. But growing up in this region, here's all I know. Wishing it, was, wishing it wasn't winter never made it not winter. Wishing it isn't this season will not make it any less this season. So Life Center, if you're healthy, here's what we're asking you to do. Join us on Sundays in person, Cornwall, Canada, or Orleans. Or start or attend a home campus, like Lori said. We have six home campuses right now. We are believing God in the next season ahead to have 200 home campuses. That's our faith goal. Today, you can pick up a lawn sign on your way out. You can put it out on Sunday. Even if you're coming for in person, you can set up a lawn sign. It's just this little marker to say, it's me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. And if we get then shut back down due to health reasons that we have to gather in our homes again, then we're already ready and we're prepared and we've got all the home campuses that we need. But I also think this is an important time to engage different groups. You know, Life Center, at last count, we had 65 different nations represented. Well, this is a wonderful opportunity for our life groups and our home campuses to look like every nation, tribe, kindred, and tongue. This is a good time to listen to different stories and to hear about different Canadians' perspectives of what it was for them to grow up living in Canada. And so, again, if you, if you have to stay online, and if you must, uh, then don't do it alone. Chat with people. Reach out for live prayer every single week. Uh, pick a service. Don't just kind of grab it whenever you want. Pick a service. Lean into some life rhythms. Because together, we believe God is calling us to grieve what we have temporarily lost, but then to let it go. And to pick up the call and the challenge and the opportunity to do different this summer. Romans 12, 1 and 2, as Pastor Sam and Angela come. I, therefore, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters by the mercies of God, to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And it says this, this is your spiritual worship. It doesn't say singing is your spiritual worship. This is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So Life Center, we're going to do church, and we're going to do it different for such a time as this. Thank you for allowing us to share our visional heart this morning for where we're going as a church.